goodest of good days podcast pals and a big thank you from both Arkham and myself for downloading us, sticking us in your pocket and taking us to, well, who knows where, eh what? We may be safe and peaceful here in our happy place, but in spirit, which I'm told is what counts by those of a more metaphysical bent, we could be joining you anywhere. A branch of Tesco Express, the north face of the Eiger, or a Weatherspoon's Inn on a curry night. I quite like to think of that last one, I'm bound to say, if only because the fuck stumps in Weatherspoons don't allow dogs in, so it would be nice to think that we're breaking the rules with all the elan and flair of the born iconoclast that we surely are. Whatever, and wherever may be the case, you're more than welcome to this week's episode of Discontent Provider, the podcast that aims to provide the week's goings-on with a none-too-gentle proxological examination and refuses to give it anything with which to wipe the lube from its bunghole afterwards. But, before we get down to business, would you mind frightfully if I regaled you with a personal anecdote? I, I, I wouldn't normally do it, of course, in a format dedicated to sound empirical evidence, the uh, a potential outlying ramblings of an individual holds little weight after all, but I'm game for the challenge of shoehorning it into a wider context, so I'm going to give it a go. Should you not be entirely down with stripping away the hazy, coruscating mystique that shrouds both the world's greatest lurcher and his one-eyed stumblebum pal, feel free to spin forward 30 seconds or so. Though I appreciate that to many of you, we, along with every other podcaster, are as gods, so maybe seeing us in a less than uh, omniscient light might, might be something of a jar to your sensibilities. Right, congratulations on the courage of those that have uh, remained with us for this disclosure, and here goes. The other day I did what I have to say is pretty much the blindest thing that I have ever done. And that is compared to a list containing innumerable collisions with door frames and slamming my downstairs business into bollards more times than I care to remember. It went down like this. I was enjoying a vegan hot pot prepared by my celestially lovely other half when I found myself struggling to cut up a slice of potato. Deliciously crispy, though said circle of spud was, it seemed to be putting up an unreasonable struggle against the old knife. And it was only when I looked closely at the situation that I realised that I was holding the damned utensil by the blade end and using the handle to cut the potato. Well, needless to say, I felt quite the Charlie. But it was a handy reminder that some of us do face limitations imposed by our physical and mental makeup, and there are occasions when one has to accept it. Having said that, it compels a cat or kitten to view with an even greater degree of admiration those who manage to get over those obstacles placed upon them uh, by a disability, which is why Discontent Provider would like to uh, give an unabashed big up to Mr John McFall, a cove who has been recruited by the European Space Agency as a potential spaceman, and who this week completed zero-G training in order to find out whether or not somebody with a prosthetic leg can slip the surly bonds of Earth to touch the face of God, if I might uncharacteristically quote Ronald Reagan. So, grab a glass of whatever's handy and drink a toast to the world's first spastronaut. That's right, I said what I said, because I myself am more or less unashamedly disabled, and we can do that shit. If Mr. F wanted to refer to me as a gauzy, bumbling cyclops, I'd be down with that too. It's about relative privilege, of course, so don't pretend you don't understand it. 
Doing so would put you in the same position of those that keep uh, squawking the same and terribly disingenuous question. How come rappers can say the N-word but I can't? They know why they can't and their profession of ignorance is every bit as suspect as the fact that they actually want to use the N-word. It's the outraged sense of propriety of fuck stumps that used to be able to shit on others without consequence but now can't. And on the subject of shitting upon others, we find ourselves looking, with understandable reluctance, at the formerly smug, snake-like visage of one Mr. Dominic Raab. If you powered through to the very end of last week's drop, and you damn well should have done, because my slide guitar playing was fucking masterful for a first attempt, you will recall that I alluded to Raab uh, falling upon his ministerial sword, but uh, I-, I wanted to see how it played out before making it a featured story. And dearie, dearie me, what a fallout there was, cats and kittens. Not only did we see just how deeply entrenched some are in loyalty to the political party of their choice, we also got the chance to see the unapparently, uh, the apparently undible abyss that exists between those with a weird servile boot-looking fetish and those with a measure of self-respect. Let's take a look at the politics first. Obviously, Tories were appalled at Raab's resignation simply on the grounds that he was a Tory and thus incapable of any wrongdoing. That, of course, was only to be expected and par for the course. What did strike even the most casual observer was the remarks made by some on the political right that Mr R's ousting was the result of intrigues and conspiracies mounted by a cabal of left-leaning anti-Brexiteers nestling snugly at the heart of the civil service establishment. The likes of Jacob Rees-Mogg and his uh, coterie of 19th century enthusiasts, think steampunk without the fun, were quick to point out that Raab, as a staunch opponent of the EU, had been deliberately targeted by Ramoners in the hope that he would be replaced with a uh, more Europhilic minister. Uh, one can only wonder at the constant state of terror such people must live in, eh what? As a fairly oldish sort of lad, I can vividly remember the uh, adverts of the Milk Marketing Board that warned us all that our daily supply of lactose was in jeopardy from a mysterious, milk-crazed entity. And it seems that those childhood recollections still haunt the minds of the more paranoid Brexit enthusiasts. Watch out, watch out, there's Sir Humphrey about, you might say. Indeed. Of course, some observers in the political sphere managed to both defend a Tory MP while simultaneously pouring scorn upon the government for allowing him to resign. Richard Tice, the presiding genius of the Reform Party, has been all over the notion of a sinister anti-Brexit coup, but added the point that the PM was weak and a traitor for not standing up for a minister found to be a bully by an independent inquiry. Now, this, of course, looks very much like a siren call to disaffected Conservative voters who want their Brexit more Brexity to uh, hop on to the unstoppable juggernaut of idiocy that is the Reform Party. So one might very well ask who gives us tuppenny stuff about what Richard Tice might think or say. Well, a dash good question, cats and kittens, and I'm glad you asked it. The thing is that, aside from the painfully transparent uh, political manoeuvring it represents, it feeds directly into our ongoing and wearisome culture war. You see, it's not merely a quiet coup being carried out by a hardcore of treacherous neo-Marxists within the civil service. Oh, would that it were! According to Mr. Tyke and, uh, and his ilk, 
It's a snowflakey generational thing. Mrs. Titan Mog have been lobbing the term snowflake around like nobody's business since Rab exited stage left pursued by his own guilt. The trouble with our society today, these mavens opine, is that people are intransigent, lazy, ineffectual and unwilling to be treated like shit upon the shoe soles of their betters. While some may argue that standing up to a government minister is the diametric opposite of snowflakery, Tyson Rees-Mogg have been quick to condemn those who objected to behaviour uh, described by Adam Tolley QC in his report as being intimidating in the sense of unreasonably and persistently aggressive, uh, as being incapable of or unwilling to follow the instructions of a superior, even though, uh, in the words of the same report, uh, that found Mr. Rab's conduct went, quote, beyond what was reasonably necessary in order to give effect to his decision and introduced a punitive element, unquote. It's this new, troublesome, upcoming generation, you see, they lack the backbone needing to acquiesce utterly to uh, the mistreatment of their betters. They don't want to be told off, and they make the most ghastly fuss about dehumanising treatment being meted out to them by those in authority. A casual scroll through social media will reveal many dire warnings of what could happen if these attitudes gain prevalence. The complete breakdown of all we hold dear. Christ on crutches. Do you know what I saw the other day? A tweet that concluded with the sentiment, Punching up is not a right. A remark that implies, probably quite rightly, that punching down, kicking down, and indeed pissing down from a great height, almost certainly is a right, and an inalienable one at that. When will these sprogs learn? And, now here I must warn you, that this is where the disquieting becomes the outright terrifying, so please brace yourself. It's not just the civil service. There is a mutinous streak in Generation Snowflake, one which dares to challenge perceived authority and won't let it walk all over them. Now, tell me, dear cats and kittens, how can a society function under these conditions? I mean to say, there are even some citizens of our none too united kingdoms that don't automatically swoon and slaver like Pavlov's dogs at the sight of his Majesty King Charles III. Indeed, a YouGov survey uh, commissioned by the BBC indicated that only 38% of Britishers aged uh, 18 to 24 were in favour of Chaz keeping his Khyber upon the throne, with 30% not being sure and 32% being all for it. That apparently is the lowest level of approval the youngest generation have ever displayed for royalty. So, what can one say? Well, clearly one can say, as people have been saying since Noah's time, is that young people are terrible, feckless and have no respect for the timeless institutions that have carried humanity through centuries of strife and struggle. Although they rarely realise or point out that said timeless institution have also caused all that strife and struggle. It's not exactly a scoop, is it? Old people think young people are dreadful. Young people think old people are full of shit. Might well pro uh, provoke a harumph or two, but as headlines go, it's hardly up there with aliens exi exist. Government reveals proof. Stone me, it's not even up there with double-decker bus spotted on the moon. At least that shit was funny. But of course, all this is the purest drivel. 
The reignition of an old quarrel by a right wing utterly bereft of ideas or remedies beyond setting people against one another. The simple fact is that the civil service is not run by pubescent leftist snowflakes. If you look at the figures, as I did, you will see that the average age of a senior civil servant, the type that would be most likely to come into contact with a minister, is 48 with 32% of civil servants, senior civil servants, being older than that. Now, while I would love to consider a 48-year-old as a youngster, it would place me on the remotest cusp of middle age, and Arkham at 13 would be a mere pup. Uh, that simply isn't the case, though. No, it seems that less and less people of any age are willing to slobber over the boots of their soi-disant betters and are beginning to stand up for themselves. So let J.R.M. and his ilk tamp that down into the bowl of their meerschums and smoke it. As long as Nanny isn't watching, eh? Right. Fired up with insurrectionist fervour by our brothers and sisters in charcoal and pinstripe, I reckon Arkham and I ought to toddle off home to await the inevitable revolution. Don't forget, though, all this nonsense is merely the opinionated spouting of a cockeyed folky and should be used for entertainment purposes only. All facts and quotes are culled from reasonably respectable media sources and are checked to the best of my poor abilities. If you want to berate or praise Discontent Provider, do so via the email address discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk or tweet at Foxy and Arkham. Yeah, we're twittering the fuck out of it nowadays, cats and kittens. A song will arrive shortly. So, uh, cheerio. Can't comprehend it, the world's gone crazy All I did was call a worthless pee and fat and lazy And said I'd break their thumbs if they didn't smarten up their act Now they've lodged an official complaint And that bitch that runs HR is slapping on the war paint And screaming that the clueless piece of shit is feeling attacked Trying to build an efficient team here So sometimes I bluster, threaten and scream here How the fuck else do you get subordinates to do their damn jobs? I take pride in my productivity rate And I'm the one in charge, so you know I'm just great But apparently straight talking doesn't cut it with these work-shy blobs Fuck respect and camaraderie If they were any good they'd run the place instead of me But I'm the guy that scrambled to the top of the slippery pole They scream about incentive and say What's my motivation? I remind them of my fearsome reputation And say your motive is I told you so So do it quick you asshole. But now they say I run a hostile workplace Just because I told a ugly cunt I hated his face Which was fair cause he looked like someone from the hills have eyes Sometimes I get worked up, sometimes I get cross But that's just a perk of being the boss As opposed to being Mary fucking Poppins in a clever disguise 
Oh dearie me, are your feelings hurt? Cause I tell it like it is and I enjoy a little flirt If you don't want me to notice you Don't wear a top that shows your tits And performance record That's what I told that HR Dyke And what I'll tell the board I'm the guy that gets results And keeps all those gold brickers in line I know they all hate me But I don't care a bit They can call me a bully I'll tell them to eat shit I've a gold-plated pension So either way I'll do just fine not here to make friends up for the atmosphere I'm a master of the put-down and the hard-nosed sneer If some wanker takes a personal day I'm gonna take the piss I run a great department, say what you will I'll sack anyone who bothers me or dares to get ill I'm the management that makes this country the great place that it is 